Zaki Podcast, your host Jason along with Chris. Yo! Try number 17, and we're good to go. Uh, technology's fun. Yeah, so we're good. Ah, but we got it now, we're fine. So, the only positive is, well, minor positive, we can talk about the game that just ended. Uh, not a great one to talk about. The Blues once again falling to the worst team in the NHL. Two to nothing on top of that. So, not only she lost, yeah, got shut out. By a, a glorified AHL team, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that was bad before the trade deadline and then had a fire sale of anyone who meant anything. And you just got shut out by essentially their AHL affiliate. Yeah, with um, two guys making an NHL debut tonight. So, Yeah, I mean, look, we'll we'll talk about it as we go through the games, because I think if you look specifically at this Ottawa game and the game before the Arizona game, there's um, there's a big, big red glaring warning light that, uh, that to me sticks out, and that is this team's uh, inability to execute. You know, they're, they're getting shots on goal, technically. They're, you know, they're getting shots, they're hustling, they um they just don't look cohesive at all. Like the offense looks like it's five guys doing five different things. You know, as as smooth as this team looked during that eleven game winning streak, and even the games that followed when we would lose one, win one, lose one, win one, there was still some consistency to the offense and some flow to this team. And I would say that all the games that we're going to talk about, starting with the LA game, it has been a steady erosion and decline leading to what just happened tonight. Yeah. So uh, briefly, we'll talk about the Anaheim game, which um, almost was disastrous. Like one of the worst teams in the league, you're down uh, four to three with, under a minute and a half left, yeah, and you get a goal from uh, Robert Thomas after a bounce off the boards to tie it at four. And then luckily, about 10 seconds later, you luckily get a goal that goes off of uh, Anaheim forward into the net. Yep. I mean, really. Point shot. So the Blues get the lead in under 13 seconds and yeah. uh, wind up winning that game when they probably should have lost that game. I would agree with that. I would so, agree with that 100%. Yeah, and then another and then they go to the first game we'll talk about is uh, LA. So before we get into LA game, let's say talk about a couple of games, kind of talk about the kind of goaltending uh say situation. Like I said, your team can't your team's not scoring, doesn't matter who's in net. So, in my opinion, but everybody can bitch about Allen being in net tonight for whatever reason, but when you score zero goals, it's going to be pretty hard to win a game. So, um Got that going on, and then an interesting article this week that was published on ESPN that talked about how the NHL may be the future of how they how major sports police marijuana use. So that'd be interesting on uh, how that comes about. So we'll talk about some bullet points of that because it's a very long article, and we'll tweet it. I'll tweet it out afterwards, um, and also put it on the article in the uh, podcast notes as well. So. First off, games. L.A. games are in the West Coast swing. We just talked briefly about the Anaheim game. Barely, barely scratched that one out. Nice little win. Uh, 5-4. So you go to L.A., which is one of the worst teams, and you haven't played L.A. the greatest this season. For no, me, you're kind of a bottom-tier team. 0-2. Yeah, and then the last time they played, it was the last time they played L.A., that was the game that got uh, Mike Yo fired, if I'm correct, when they lost one nothing. I believe you're correct. So they lost to that game. So how would they fare this game? You're in L.A. Uh, mind you, there's also a back-to-back game because, mind you, uh, the Anaheim to L.A. drive-wise is about, uh, what, hour? 30 minutes. Hour and a half. 
yeah, so not bad. So um, play LA. So here is how things shake out. The first period, nothing going on, but Vladimir Tarasenko with a ridiculous shot here, his 28th of the year from Shen at the 25 second mark of the uh, first, or sorry, second, his first blows up one nothing in the second period, 25 seconds in. Tyler Bozak gets a goal here, his 11th from Edmondson and Thomas near the end of the period. Then Ryan O'Reilly gets one in just under the clock at 1958 from Shen and Tarasenko. Uh, nice pass by Shen, nice little deflection, uh, deflection off the bar and in for Ryan O'Reilly. So the Blues come out with the three goals in the second and manage to hold on. Ivan Barbashev gets a goal in the four, in the uh, gets the fourth one here in the third period. His ninth of the year from Blay McEachern, the 8-13 mark. For nothing. It's exactly what you want to see against a team that's below you in the standings like that. And yeah, and you're you're trying. You're in the third position now. Dallas is uh, kind of creeping up, and as we go along these games, Dallas plays playing extremely well, especially Ben Bishop, who is on a three-game shutout streak as we speak. Um, so they're going to ca- they have a chance to catch you soon uh, if you don't start playing well, which they, they might have a be able chance to catch, to you catch tonight. us tonight. Yeah, I believe so. I think they're playing. They are playing Minnesota uh, right now, and I will have a score for you momentarily. Okay, so like you said, the LA game. It is game three to one. To three to one Dallas Stars with eleven minutes left in the third. Oh. So there is potential there for the Blues to fall into the first wild card spot there. Uh especially in the in the Predators play the Kings tonight. And I think the Jets uh do not they play the Bruins. They're t- playing the Bruins and tied two to two right now. So correct. Some a lot of stuff going on. The Blues not playing well after the big losing, after the big winning streak, and now unfortunately they're starting to hit some bumps in a row due to injuries. David Perron is still out. Uh, we talked about. We'll talk about all the other injuries. So, Blues win this game. Think things are going to go well. You go to play San Jose, who's one of the top teams in the West, trying to claw and catch uh, Calgary in the Pacific, and you play the Sharks. And mind you, they're without Evander Kane and Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson's been shut down for the rest of the regular season. So you have to worry about him. But then Evander Kane is out, and which we'll talk about that. Some devastating news for him today. And as much as I'm not a fan of him, the player, but uh, him as a human being, I, uh, my heart goes out to his family right now. Well, uh, he, uh, he revealed today that his wife lost a kid at 26 weeks today. Oh. So, uh, so he is, uh, you know, so he just tweeted that out probably about a couple hours for right before the game started. I saw it. So, um, like I said, my heart goes out to him and you know, that's never want to see something like that. So, so let's play San Jose. You have a chance here. You got four points out of six right now. Hopefully you can, I was hoping if you can really get the win, it'd be great. Um, and it starts off pretty well, even though the blues aren't playing the greatest here. Uh, you're missing Tarasenko. Tarasenko had an upper body injury from what it looks like. I'm guessing elbow. There's the time he fell like in the third period and looks like he was fine and played the rest of the game, but maybe he just got dinged up and it kind of made sure maybe later on it bothered him. But see, without him this game, uh, Robert Thomas moves up. Uh, the blue uh, Schwartz is actually up on this game and Thomas will be moved up the next game. So, Starts off well. Uh, floor hockey legend Pat Maroon gets his fifth of the year from Pareto and Dunn on the power play. So a uh, nice little bounce off the boards, and Maroon is there to bat it in. Yep. So we'll take it. So at the 10.35 mark. Blues cannot hold the lead, though. Timo Meyer gets his 25th from Thornton and Heed at the 16.23 mark. That's a power play goal. Uh, some blown coverage here, and then Meyer gets the puck in front and no chance for uh, Allen here. So – Timo Meyer strikes again, gets his 26 from Couture and Hurdle, the 1933 mark, two to one San Jose after one. Mind you, I believe as this game goes on, you're going to see a theme here where Jake Allen plays extremely well. Jake Allen played a good game. Jake Allen played a very good game. So near the end of the second here, Braden Chen gets his 13th unassisted, the 1957 mark on the power play. We'll take it. The third period here, it was pretty much all Sharks. Yes. I mean, no ifs, ands, or buts about it there. No, I the mean, Blues the blues weathered the storm for sure. 
Yeah, so the so to give you the shot count count for the uh, end of that this game by the end of this period, fifteen for the Sharks, four for the Blues. Jeez. So a little ridiculous. They get to overtime, and the Blues had a puck position pretty well here, and they just lose it, and it goes the other way, and nothing Jake Allen can do on this one as Kevin Le- LeBanc is twelfth of the year from Couture and Hurdle, three twenty one mark in overtime. The Blues fall three to two. Pick up the point. In my my opinion, an impressive five out of six points. Still, you really can't ask for much more than that. I so agree. When you're trying to keep when you're trying to keep pace with teams or catch teams. You're putting a lot of heat on Nashville and the Jet and Winnipeg, who are not playing great right now. You're you're at the, I think we're still five at this point, still five points away from catching the Jets with the same amount of games played, and you have at the time three games in hand on. Nashville, Nashville with four points. So you could go ahead in Nashville and actually get home ice here. Agreed. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if they're looking ahead too much or if it's just finally a bump in the road. Um, and let's be honest here before we get into the Arizona game. Uh, Jordan Bennington is, we all knew that he would come back down to earth. I mean, averaging a shot out every four games or five games is, you know, it's a little bit ridiculous. It's a bit unreasonable. Like, you know, it's going to happen eventually. And out of like, I think he was only had like above three goals twice in 18 games. You figured eventually that's going to kind of like break. Agreed. But at the same time, I mean, you know, look, we'll, we'll talk about, he definitely had a, uh, a, a goof we'll say in this yeah. Arizona game, but by and large, these last few games for Bennington, it's hard to put them on him. The team is not playing well. Yeah, and it's the like you can see the like you talked about earlier in the podcast. The cracks are maybe maybe this podcast, maybe one of the like ten we recorded before this before everything happened. The cracks kind of forming uh, in these game, these wins. You know, even though the LA game pretty much went as planned, I guess you could say four nothing win. So you know, another shutout there for uh, Bennington, but it's like. Uh, excuse me for Allen, and then uh, you go to ben- then you play to Allen for the next game. Uh, I mean, but you could tell in the San Jose game where you got thoroughly dominated by it was thirty four the nineteen in shots. You only had four shots in the third, one shot in overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of knew it was coming. You know, you kind of knew like something like things are not going well. Like the trend, they're trending down a bit. Hopefully, they can uh, trend back up. But I think. The injury bug is catching up. I mean, Tarasenko oh, not sure. being there. Um, Tarasenko not being there. Uh, as we during this care this uh, Coyotes game, it got ridiculous. Yeah, where people are getting injured left and right. Um, I think there was what a three minute span where four people got injured. Yeah, Sunquist, Shen, Edmondson, and Belay all yep. got hurt during this game in one form or another. Only two of them returned in Sunquist and Shen. Shen got hurt again, actually. He got high-sticked, and we talked about it. He had 16 stitches. as his, uh, So he was uh, he's had a rough go of it. But let's talk. We'll do a real quick recap of the game, and then we'll kind of get some of the aspects of the game. Uh, first period, nothing really happens. Um, you know, the I think the Blues – and this is the weird part about this game, where the Blues in all three periods, I think, dominated this game. 100%. And, and if you look at the, um, the fancy stats, and uh, I think I want to say – one of the national writers. I'll have to find this. Uh, they call it a heat graph. So it's like it was, Luke, it was Lou Korak, I believe. Okay, Lou Korak tweeted out. was one of the other guys too, but um, it was like the heat graph of like yep. puck possession. And it was like almost – it was very it was very green, which is very low for Arizona and our end. But it was red hot. It was red hot of us in their end. So we played a majority of the game in their end. And you're going to have games like this where you don't have the, I guess, quote-unquote puck luck. And you're not going to get the bounces. And you're just going to thoroughly outplay out an opponent and just fall somehow, you know? I agree. But this game, if you think about it, after watching the Ottawa game, pretty freaking similar. Where you, I mean, I, I didn't catch the whole Ottawa game, so I can't, I mean, I'm looking at stats from the Ottawa game. I'm not looking at. I saw the whole the thing. Picture. Um, I would say, in regards to both the Ottawa game and the Arizona game, you know, puck luck is 100% a thing, but you shouldn't need puck luck to defeat the Ottawa Senators. 
or what, what they're calling the Ottawa Senators right now post-trade deadline. You shouldn't need puck luck to beat Arizona on your home ice. You know, those are two teams. And granted, it's an this isn't your mom and dad's Arizona Coyotes team, which is the doormat of the league. This is a team that is still on the outside of it, but pushing for a playoff spot. But still, this is a team that you should beat. Both of these teams. Mm-hmm. And the way that they played against Arizona, to me, the stats are very misleading. Because I watched that game, I watched this game, and what stuck out to me was how sloppy and uncoordinated the offense was. It was, you know, yeah, we we outshot them left and right, but a lot of those shots didn't seem like they were that fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. they they talk about shots versus scoring chances. And there weren't that many times where I felt we really made them work to stop it going in. And the other thing, and it's something that we, I'm sorry, amongst, as I'm yawning because it's, you know, late and I'm old, as, uh, as we've talked about for years amongst our group of friends, this team has the ability to shoot high and wide like no other team I've ever seen. And it's not a new thing. It's been happening for years. I remember we used to joke about that if we could put the net in the corner of the ice, that TJ Oshie and Alex Steen would be 50 goal scorers every year because they are constantly shooting wide. Constantly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I think it raised its ugly head in the Arizona game and in this Ottawa game when you look at missed shots. It's just... It is ridiculous the amount of shots that this team takes that don't go on goal. Yeah. And I don't I, I don't know how you fix that. I mean, these are pro athletes. They're obviously very highly skilled, but for some reason, man, this team has a hell of a time putting a shot on goal and the last few games putting a quality shot on goal. Yeah, it's been really kind of bad, and it, it seems like it kind of reminds me to a degree of uh, the like, Hitchcock years where, like, we could stop a team from scoring and keep them down to, like, under 20 shots a game, but we couldn't score a goal to save our lives. And every game would have to be a one nothing or 2-1 to one game because yeah, I agree. we weren't scoring that many goals. And it seems very similar, mind you, minus the sloppy play, but uh, it seems very similar to that where the goalies are playing pretty well overall. Honestly, both goalies are going well. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But, um, you know, I think Bennington has obviously fallen off a record pace. I mean, if he's fallen well, back to being at least average, I'm okay with. But you got to score, like we, I, I said tonight, you got to score goals to win the game. I agree. I mean, you're looking at between Ottawa and Arizona now, you've scored one goal in the last six periods. You can't yeah. put those losses on the goalies. You can't. You can't. Yeah. Jake Allen let one goal in tonight. This team should be able to score more than one goal. Yeah, and then technically, I mean, you're looking at, we'll talk about this quickly about this Arizona game. Um, you know, you luckily, it was. It seems a lot closer than it actually was. So everything in the first period, dominating, but just couldn't get a goal. And then we'll talk about the gate, like the gate you talked about. Richard Panic is his 13th unassisted. Um, Jordan Bennington kind of behind the net decides to, Change the flow and go the opposite way and throws it to Richard Ponick, who is in front of the net and scores in an open net. Yeah. So he said he was trying to hit Schwartz, and if you look at the play, Schwartz is right behind Richard Ponick. So I guess he just didn't see him. I don't know. Uh, but you I know, think you just—I think you have to go with the safe pass there. The safe pass would have been going. Said so trying to change the flow and go to him. You sh- and go in front of the net. You should have just whipped it around the boards, or went to your defenseman who was nearby instead of flipping it over there, it, like. Basic, you know, not throwing all on Bennington. I mean, you know what? That's instead of, me, trying to be, instead of me trying to be a nice guy here. No, you should, that was pretty, pretty bad mistake by Bennington for being. It's a rookie. I could say rookie mistake, I guess, but pretty awful goal there to give up. Yeah. And your team is dominating, kind of deflates them a little bit. And then that's it's one nothing after two. Uh, Vinny Hinostroza gets his twelfth, twenty three seconds into the third. The Blues 
and this is deceiving here because the Blues score again with under two minutes left. Jaden Schwartz gets his ninth of the year from O'Reilly and Petrangelo, a power play goal. That's what the goalie pulled and a power play. So you're talking about six on four. And, man, they still had trouble keeping that, barely getting the puck in and cycling it around and getting a decent mm-hmm. shot. I'm telling you, it's, it's it's the one thing right now with this team is that the offense looks completely out of sync. Like, and as of right now, they have not scored an even-strength goal since um, uh, the L.A. Kings game. They yeah. scored two in San Jose, one here, and they got shut out uh, tonight. So they haven't scored an even-strength goal, a five-on-five goal. You know, in three games, that's uh, not going to win you games in the playoffs or get no. you wins at regular. Hell, I'm talking about playoffs. In regular season, that's not going to do. That's not going to get you anywhere. No, and and the thing is, I, I get that we had quickly. Ekman Larson gets empty. Ekman Larson gets the empty netter to close it out three to one. Right, and uh, look, I get that we have injuries. Tarasenko's out. I think he's going to be evaluated next Wednesday, next Thursday. Uh, if I did my math right, it should be Tuesday. This coming Tuesday, Monday the uh, Monday the eighteenth, because it was uh, ten days. It was like the eighth. Okay, so it'll be Monday he gets evaluated, so he'd technically be available for the Edmonton game at home on Monday. He is not on the he is not on this road trip where the Blues are on right. a three game road trip. So you know you're missing Tarasenko. You're now missing Edmondson. Perron is still out, skating um, but out. Yeah, yeah it, it's just. But the thing is, there's still a lot of firepower on this team. You know, you've still got Ryan O'Reilly out there. You've got Braden Shen. You've got Jaden Schwartz, who's not having the best year, but he's been putting a few in now. You know, you've got guys on this team who have been able to find the back of the net. And it just seems right now that this team has no continuity. Like I said, go watch any of the Arizona game or the Ottawa game, and it's like watching five guys playing five individual games. The passes aren't on the tape. They're a lot of times they're behind the player or they're way out in front. Um, they're not covering their gaps on defense. They're getting skated around. They just don't look like a cohesive unit right now. And that can't all be on injuries because it's not like you play a different playbook when certain people are in the lineup. Like the Blues playbook is the Blues playbook, regardless of who's where. Yeah, and uh, let's uh, the Ottawa game tonight, in which I did see the uh, gif of the first goal, uh, and then obviously the uh, the second goal was an empty netter. Yeah, and I just I just realized that the Blues were shut out by former St. Louis Blue. Anders Nielsen tonight. That's correct. Which is insane. 35 saves for him. Uh, so I, the, on the first goal, I don't try Christian Wallin in the second period, Bodeker and Duclair. Uh, if you watch the play, Robbie Fabry on the point gets beat once, and then uh, the controller turned off, mm. and the defenseman just blew right past him. And by the time he realized that he was diving, and he was still way behind. Well, and and to be honest, Robbie Fabry is kind of the guy to blame for the uh, the second goal for uh, Arizona the other night. Uh, Fabry was he in that game? I thought he was out that game. I believe he was in. I believe it was a miscue by him that led to that second goal. I could be I, I could be wrong, but I, if mm. memory serves me correct, I thought it was Fabry who mishandled the puck. Mm, I'll have to check. I, I thought this was his first game in tonight, but I, I'll have to, we'll do it on some quick checking. So, um, but yeah, Fabry just blown coverage and then no chance for the goal here. Mind you, I'll be honest. I thought, I thought Allen was a little overcommitted, but at the same time, you're, you got to rely on your defensemen and your forwards to cover guys and not just let them walk in all alone and leave a huge, uh, I agree, uh, passing lane and have them have a wide open net. So you gotta, you gotta do that coverage. The Blues, 35 shots this game, an Ottawa game we're talking about. To I How many attempts? Uh, I'm looking at attempts. 70. Okay, so there you go. A ridiculous number, basically. Yeah, 35 shots to 21. They only had, in the third period, Ottawa had three. We had 14. Yep. Couldn't get one by. Nope. That means that another 35 missed shots tonight. Missed and or blocked. Yeah. Kind of ridiculous that we're uh, 
not you know it's it's frustrating to say the least right now because you saw how great this team played when they were clicking earlier on the on the 11 game win streak and they can win you know they can play well uh winnipeg is pulled ahead by the way four to two and wow. it looks like dallas is going to win three to one with a minute 50 left does that lose does that push us down to wild card do they have the tiebreaker i am checking let me check on that now but so at this point the blues are looking they have a couple more games off on this road trip they have pittsburgh and then they're going to face the sabres on sunday yep. so the sabres are playing pretty awful so they but you got play pittsburgh they got shut out by the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight, five nothing. Yeah, they're hurting. Like uh, since the uh, All Star break, uh, former Blues goalie Carter Hutton is covering around at three goals against in a .89 save percentage. Uh, like I said, that team is a wreck right now. I, something I tweeted out today where I talked about the worst uh, kind of players right now in the league that just by, by the fancy stats numbers. Mind you, one of them was J. Bo Meester. I'll, that will, I'll flat out say that was a Blues player on it. Um, I think that's due to a lot of what he had earlier in the year because I think he's looked pretty decent er- lately. I agree. To say the least. I agree. Uh, right now, let's see. Dallas will pull ahead of us because they have more regulation wins. Okay. So we will be the first wild card, which puts us playing the Winnipeg Jets. You know what? San Jose has 94. I think when all is said and done, I have a feeling that Nashville's going to finish at number one. And I think that I would rather play Nashville than Winnipeg. I agree on that one. If I had to pick anybody of all these teams, like Winnipeg, we never do well. I don't know why lately. This I think the way their team is built is just yep. we just don't match up well lately. I don't know why. but uh, And I'll tell you what. Not that I want us to play the whole lose for positioning thing. I wouldn't be mad if we played the Calgary Flames right now because that's a team that's kind of treading water right now. They were red hot earlier in the year, mm-hmm. but they've they've been treading water as of late, uh, and they may actually end up losing their division to the Sharks. But they I just believe pulled Sharks I, just pulled ahead. I believe as of right now, they're the number one team in the West. Second now, Sharks just pulled ahead by one point. By one point, okay. Yep. So, uh, yeah, Minnesota has pulled their goalie, so it's pretty much over there. Um, yeah. yeah, so the Blues have some interesting games coming up. They have the Pittsburgh game. I, I honestly don't know who the goalie is going to be. I will, I'll be honest. I don't know because you can't put this game on Allen. No, you can't. At, so, not at all you can't. I want your opinion on this because I had, a, I'll say, a very civil conversation on Twitter, believe it or not with Mr. Blues Hat and a couple other people on Twitter that kind of chimed in their own little deal. Um, people were saying, like, I think it's the way the Blues are giving Allen the net back. I, I, I know some of the guys from Let's Go Blues were in on that, too. They're saying, well, history shows that he can't handle it and yada, yada, yada. He'll falter. And I'm like, okay, man. But I think the way our goaltending is built right now, you just ride the hot hand. When Bennington was stopping everything – ride Bennington into the ground again. He's kind of been okay. I mean, he, I think he's still been good, but I think Allen's played very well too. He has the he had the shutout. I he agree. basically stole stole the point in San Jose. I agree. Bennington, you know, had the, the misplay and also got – he probably should have had – in Anaheim, he probably should have had that, goal, that fourth goal. He didn't glove it and, knocked, and it squared free, and then they got a goal to pull ahead four to three in that game. And then uh, he had the gafe, and then the goal – in uh, the Arizona game was high glove. You can tell that's where guys are aiming now. Right. I mean, you can tell that's kind of like their go-to. Uh, Dallas, 4-1 to one is the final. So they officially pull ahead of the Blues right now into the third spot, and the Blues fall. Uh, to the first wild card? First wild card. So, I mean, the Blues got a little space there, but, I mean, not much. Two points? Know? I think two, three points? Let's see. With Over Arizona. Minnesota? All right. Over Minnesota right now. Minnesota with them losing. Arizona actually pulled ahead of uh, them. 75. We have 79. So, so we have four four points right now, we, but we have more regulation wins. So right now we have the tiebreaker. We have four more regulation wins in Arizona. So you're talking that's a good – that's a comfortable kind of thing there at least. It is if we can win games. 100% agree. So the Blues uh, need to pull uh, some wins out, starting with the Pittsburgh game. So anyway, anyway talk about – Anyway, you're going to ask me a question. Allen. So, Allen. 
Um, about they think that some people are like, oh, the Blues have this. There's this narrative that people are trying to build out there where it's like, oh, they're giving them the net back. I just think our, our goaltending situation right now is built on whoever is kind of like the hot hand. And I think both goalies are playing well. But I think right now, you know, Allen is kind of the more recent hot hand. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm not, I'm not saying 100% go back to Allen for like five or six games or whatever because they have back-to-backs and stuff. But these last three, you really can't say anything bad about the goaltending and it's been Allen in that. Well, you know, Jake Allen has always played better on the road. And this team has been on the road quite a bit the last couple of weeks. So it doesn't surprise me to see Allen getting some games. Um, And he's played well. He's answered the challenge. You cannot hang tonight on him. You, you know, these last few games of his, like you said, he stole us a point in, in San Jose when we very easily could have lost that game. Um, he got the shutout in LA. He's playing well. Um, I don't think that Bennington's playing terrible. Has he had a couple of, of, of goofy plays recently? Yes. Yeah, but still, I think that our goaltending situation is very fluid. And because of that, uh, I think you're right. I think this team is going to ride the hot hand. Now, if you're if you're going to say put a gun to my head and say this team locks up a playoff spot, who starts game one, round one? I think it's Jordan Bennington. Interesting. I, I was I just I'll read it. I'll just do a couple stats at you and just you can uh, respond to those. So Jake Allen in March career wise is thirty six and five. Um, I mean, he has not played at home since January eighth of this year. Right. Um. Another thing which I saw in JR's chat today, somebody said, asked him that question. They said, right now, if you had to say who is going to be your goalie, if you, no matter who you play in the first round, you get into the playoffs, who is your goalie starting game one? His answer, Jake Allen. I, I thought was interesting. Well, <clears throat> honestly, I, I can't answer that question right now. I honestly can't. I, I like the way Bennington's playing. I like the way Allen's playing. I have to see the last five or six games and see who's trending where if they're both it, trending the same, I honestly, I, it's a coin flip for me. Like, I guess you have to go with experience, right? I don't know. Do you, I I, I don't know. I, I mean, both goalies are playing the, let's say both goalies have identical stats and they're basically playing. Allen plays two and Bennington plays two. And then, then all of a sudden you're ready for the playoffs, no matter who you're playing. Honestly, I, I guess if you, but at the same time, like, how is Bennington going to experience if he doesn't get to play any games? So you can look at that. Like, that's kind well, of like who's point. your who's your future? You know, who's your future? Because well, obviously, you've tried to move Allen a couple times now, and nothing's worked. I well, to that end, I still truly believe uh, that Jake Allen is not on this roster come September. I just I don't. Short of Jake Allen pulling a Brian Elliott type performance out of his ass in this year's playoffs, should we make the playoffs, I do not see a scenario where this team enters training camp next year with, with, with Jake Allen on the roster. I think that too many years in a row now we've had the Jake Allen slump and we have proven that it's, it's just a thing. It's, it's a very real thing. And especially if this team doesn't make the playoffs, He's a hundred percent gone, and even if they do make the playoffs, if it's a short ride, I still think he's gone. I think the 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 deck is highly stacked against Jake Allen returning to the St. Louis Blues next season. Uh, I don't remember who it was, if it was Korak or if it was Rutherford, who said a couple of weeks ago that he doesn't think next year's starting goalie is on this lineup right now, and I tend to agree with him. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think it's going to be at the end of the day. I, as well as Bennington has played, at best he's your one B guy. I agree with that. I think I think Jordan Bennington has played himself into a slot on this team next year, which I, nobody would have predicted. By agreed. The way. Like, and that's nothing against him. But I'm just saying that's. Yep, I agree. You never would have guessed. I think I think Jordan Bennington is the new developmental project. Um, but I think because of that, 
I think that you're going to see them move Jake Allen somewhere and bring in somebody. Who that's going to be, your guess is as good as mine. Could it be Bobrovsky? Maybe. I don't know. But I think that there's going to be a move made in the offseason, and they're going to bring in another starting goaltender. Uh, last kind of a hypothetical for you, just to see your thoughts on it, which I saw somebody bring up today for with Allen in the playoffs and saying he plays pretty well and the team doesn't uh, go far. Let's just say the, just the lack of scoring or whatever happens, the blues just don't go far, but Allen plays pretty well. Does it behoove the team to play Allen and see if it raises his stock enough that he could be tradable or do you go to get an experience and then maybe you're still saddled with the Jake Allen contract or maybe not, maybe not, you're never, you're not saddled with that contract. Maybe he's proven enough for some team to take a chance on. him. Well, it's, that's the gamble is what happens. You know, you can play Jake Allen and Jake Allen could have a series like he did a few years ago against Minnesota where he steals you the series and his stock raises up. Jake Allen could also turn into the Jake Allen we've seen a few times where he can't stop a beach ball and it lowers his stock even more. And you're stuck in a situation like we were with TJ Oshie where everyone in the league knew that we wanted to trade someone and that that someone was likely going to be TJ Oshie because of his contract being one of the few that was movable. And we didn't get a ton in return for him. Um, it's a gamble. You know, it, it is truly a gamble. And I think that that is where the powers that be, be it Craig Berube and everybody else involved, is going to have to sit down in a couple of weeks and go, where's Jake Allen's head? How's he playing? Like, how is he mentally? Is he mm. ready to lead this team in the playoffs? Because if he's not, I think you have to go with Bennington, who's not a bad alternative to Jake Allen. And it saves you what stock you have in Jake Allen to move in the offseason. Yeah, so it's an interesting conundrum because I it's because this the way the team is not playing well, the team is not scoring goals, but the goaltending is there. So it's very much kind of like how the Hitchcock thing was when they had Allen and Elliott going. I mean, isn't this what we were complaining about at the start of the season? We, yeah, where the team wasn't scoring, but the goaltending. Well, mind you, Allen wasn't great at the beginning. I mean, this is it, more it like was a one of the past season, but thing. it was always yeah. one or the other. It was either the our goaltending was great and the offense wasn't, or we were scoring four goals and losing by three. You yeah. know what I mean? So it, it's, we're kind of back to where we were at the start of the season where, all right, the goaltending is is good and we can't hit the broadside of a barn. Yeah. So it's an inter- like you said, interesting kind of scenario that's coming up where it's going to be interesting how who plays in goal, how they react, how the team reacts, and if this team can push into the playoffs. So um, coming up, we got, we talk about Pittsburgh, Buffalo, then they come home for three games, and they play the Oilers, Detroit, and Tampa. Mind you, the Tampa was in the middle of that get that series where that eleven game win streak and then won one nothing in overtime. Yep. Um, I don't know if that's gonna. I don't think it's gonna happen again. I don't so, think so. So out of these next five, that's ten points possible. I'll put a I'll put a figured figurative gun to your head. So you got Pittsburgh, Buffalo on the road, Edmonton. Detroit and Tampa at home. I have 10 points. How many points will this team get? If you had to predict as of right now, even after this game, let's say Tarasenko comes back for at least the Detroit game. Let's say he comes back for the last two. Seven. I think you have to almost get that. You have I think you have to get six. You six have is to, the minimum. And you have, you to, have win. to win the Buffalo, the, the Detroit, and the Edmonton game. You have to win those games. Or get points out of those games. And and then you have to find a way to get a point out of either either or both Pittsburgh and Tampa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you have to beat the Sabres. The, the Sabres game is going to be interesting, and I think hopefully Ryan O'Reilly can – I'm sure he'll be up for the game, but hopefully you see him respond. He's been kind of a cold streak lately. Yep. Um, obviously Schwartz has been in one all year. It seems like Steen yep. hasn't really been scoring. Uh, Steen hit the post tonight. 
hit the post. But a lot of, I mean, I'm not singling Steen out because of the, no, the whipping boy lately, but it's just, he's playing top six minutes. You know, Maroon got a, a power play goal recently. Thomas has a goal. Um, you know, Schwartz, all those guys, Schwartz, you're getting paid big money. You're looking for a new contract. You need, you need to have more than seven goals at this time of the year. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, here's my thoughts on on the big two games that are coming up. You're going into Pittsburgh, who embarrassed you in St. Louis back yeah, in December. Was, just, just humiliated you seven to two, seven to three. Yeah, something like that. It was something ridiculous. It was bad. Um, so I think that the Blues need to show some fire in that game. Have to. Uh, and then you've got a Tampa team who you shut down, who is the best team in the NHL. Let's just be honest. That team mm-hmm. is incredible. And they're going to come looking for some revenge. And then after that, you have Vegas at home to finish the home standout. But then you go to uh, New York and uh, New Jersey. Which should both be W's. Or at least points out of those games. Yeah. Imagine you embarrassed New Jersey last time. Yes, you did. And that so, team's going to be looking for a bit of, of retribution as well because you made New Jersey look terrible a couple weeks ago yeah, in St. So Louis. Yeah, then you finish up against some some Central Division opponents. You got Colorado who's pushing for a spot. Chicago's on the far outside of the playoff spots, but you play in Chicago, in Philly, and then you finish up with Vancouver, which Vancouver is the last game of the year. Um, that would be an interesting yeah, – that could be – for all you know, that could be a big playoff positioning game to figure where you're going to finish at. So, I don't know if this is going to come down to the last game of the season like it did last year uh, as far as with them needing to win to get in, but I do agree that I think this last game of the year could decide who our opponent is. I yeah. still think this team makes the playoffs. I think I they, still do that too. They've they, done enough they, to get there, but – yeah. I don't know if it's uh, position-wise. Who knows what uh, they're going to do, though. So, All right, they so we're going to talk about – Yeah, to say the least. So the thing we're going to talk about next is uh, I thought a very interesting article that was on ESPN this week. So it was basically talking about how the NHL whole, uh, out of all these sports teams uh, handles marijuana use. And how they could be the, I guess, leaders, I guess, of uh, how marijuana is kind of policed in their sport. So they talked to basically player X on how his routine after games. He usually meets te- he meets teammates for a late dinner, orders a steak, blah, blah blah. He likes to unwind, but he has problems unwinding. He likes to relax, and he'll sometimes the most natural way for him is to smoke some weed. So, but. There's some interesting stats here. I'm going to throw out and see what your thoughts are, Chris, after I throw all these stats your way. So cannabis laws by NHL city. So recreational, this is where it's recreational use legal, medicinal use legal and CBD only, which is obviously uh, like oils, um, edibles, I believe if I'm correct. The other thing is it's more stuff that like uh, helps you with anxiety. I I think CBD because of, uh, Missouri, I think, is medicinal and CBD, I believe, because I see the signs for the – what's the name of the place that you see, like, signs for all the time around here? There's, uh, a, there's a couple of them. I know what you're talking about. There's one yeah. in St. Charles. So, uh, THC legal is in 28 out of 31 NHL cities for a 90.3%, uh, which is obscene. So, like, Missouri is marked down as a uh, medicinal use which is and so is illinois uh obviously the big one is obviously colorado i saw uh alaska just approved recreational use today yep there's no teams up there the echl team a former blues affiliate up there but the thing i found interesting is that the way things are tested like nfl players are tested just once a season for this and um they can actually lose game checks rather quickly like they get one positive test. They go into the program. A second one, it's two game checks. A third one is four game checks. A fourth one is a four game check. Fifth one, 10 game. Six, one year banishment for smoking weed. They just had a player on the Dallas Cowboys who got suspended again for four games and he just quit the NFL. 
did, I don't know if you saw this. Like I, I think it was something Gregory, I believe his name was. And he did an Instagram videos saying he quit the NFL while smoking a joint. Well, which, look at Ricky Williams. Out. Yeah, he, he was gone for how many years? A handful of years and just just wandered the world, out. wandered the land like kung fu and smoked weed everywhere. And then came back and actually was halfway de- okay player, not the player he was, but he was yep. older, obviously. Yeah. So so we talked about the NHL is a ninety percent basically cannabis laws by city, like it's legal. In NFL, it's 78.1. Mm. And 50, 50% of those are recreational. NBA is 73.3, and it's 40% of those are, are, uh, are excuse me, that's recre- are only 33% recreational. It's 40% medicinal is the higher one. And for baseball cities, it's 50% medicinal, or a total of 86.7%. So they're the second highest. The NHL kind of differs from everybody, where they basically have a player, they test them for it, but they – look to see if their tests are 30% above like their additional, like it's very, it's a very long article and I tried to put the best summary as I could. I like sure. some bullet points, but basically they's going to a, a, they look for abnormal high levels. Then they get to go. Then these two doctors basically go to the player and say, Hey, you tested very high for this. So we need to put you in a program to make sure you start to get this down. They don't need to notify the NHL or the NHLPA that he's in this program. So he could just do – he, like, literally could just get email saying, hey, we got you for smoking too much weed. You need to cool it and go in this program. And he could do it on his own. And then after that, if he starts to get higher and higher and higher, then that's when it starts to get notified to the NHL. And then that way – but the, still, they don't need to – they don't publicly disclose it. He can just be in a program still. Sure. Um, Connor McDavid just came out and said – uh, he thinks the talking more about the CBD side of it is he said you'd be stupid to not at least look into it. That's his quote from a preseason interview. Yeah, there, I agree. That's, that's that's the face of your that's the face of your product right there. Yeah. And if he's saying stuff like that, I think that's something that's going to, especially the CBD part of it, where it's not it's it's taking basically the THC part of it and making it you know it's for calming aspects and a bunch of other things i know people have anxiety i know rave about it about using cbd oils to help them calm and when they some people i know one person that we know uh uses it and when they're they go sometimes in public they are very anxious and they use it and they are very calm it helps calm them down tremendously compared to these be anxiety medicines and they don't take medicine anymore they take c they have cbd oil and that's what helps them out and that's considered natural compared to putting a chemical in your body. So that's something to look into, I think. So I don't know. So my, my personal opinion is, I think you have to at least look into it, like kind of like McDavid said. I ha- I'm going to tweet this article out. I'm put it on the um, look into the body of our uh, podcast wherever you've downloaded this at, and click the link there um, and read this. It's a very long article. So um, who knows what the how they're lo- going to handle this? But like uh, they said in the article, they would be uh, behoove them to not look into it and possibly be kind of in the forefront of instead of being one of the last kind of uh, of the big four to do something, maybe be on the forefront, be one of the first to maybe not legalize it, but at least look into it and do studies to, to uh, potentially legalize it. So what's your thoughts on it? Well, I think there's a couple things to consider here. I think that the first thing that you touched on, which is very true, is the delineation between CBD oil and actually um, smoking marijuana. I think that uh, there there may be proven health factors to both, um, but I think that when you're when you're talking CBD oil and uh, you're talking about a product that is made for a medicinal reason that, that to my knowledge takes most of the hallucinogenic properties uh, of the THC out of the cannabis. I think that Connor McDavid's right. I think that that's something that the NHL would be remiss if they didn't look into for whatever reason, be it the anxiety side of it. I have friends of mine who take it to help alleviate uh, joint pain with arth- arthritis and things like that. And God knows pro athletes get beat up quite a bit. I'm sure that they're dealing with bumps and bruises and sprains and, and pains like we couldn't even imagine. And if that helps 
to you know to mend you a little faster, then then I'm all for it. Um, I think that when we talk about the recreational use of marijuana, um, and the only place that I've been to recently uh, where it's legal is Seattle, Washington, future home of an NHL team. There's actually marijuana bars where you go inside and there's actually a, um, a guy like a, like a sommelier uh, who helps you pick out, you know, what kind of marijuana do you want? Do you want it to pick you up? Do you want it to bring you down? Do you want it to taste like chocolate? Do you want it edible? How do you, how do you want it? Um, and I get that it's legal in those states, but here's something that a lot of people don't understand is that just because something is legal doesn't mean your employer has to let you do it. You know, it's not a right of anyone to play in the NHL. It's a privilege. It is a job, much like your job and my job. And most people listening to this podcast have a job. And I'm sure that if you look in your contract, there is probably a code of conduct clause. And if the NHL doesn't want you smoking weed, that's their prerogative. Um, I can see why they wouldn't. And I, I, I think what you have to worry about is anytime you deal with anything that alters your state of mind, be it alcohol, be it drugs of any kind, you have to make sure that you're protecting your players from themselves in a way. And, and I get like, it is very, very common for the boys to go out after a game and hit the bars. I get it. I'm sure that on any given night, there are many NHL players behind the wheel of a car that don't need to be behind the wheel of a car. I'm sure there are now, if they would get caught, I'll bet you there's some really severe consequences for that, not just legal, but within the NHL and NHLPA. And I think that marijuana should be handled thusly. And I think until you're in a situation where marijuana is legal across the board, and I believe that day is coming. I believe that before a year of my time on this planet is done, marijuana will be legalized throughout the United States for recreational use. But I think until that day comes, you as a organization, the NHL, have to err on the side of caution, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I think you need to uh, do your homework, to say the least. Because the, the problem is, you know, some states enforce their marijuana laws stricter than others. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. and there's always, and there's always the famous case of the fact that Bob Prober got thrown out of Canada for trying to bring like a duffel bag of cocaine across the border. What's to say, and I'm not saying this is how it would happen, but let's just say that Jason Martin plays for the Colorado Avalanche mm-hmm. and you're going to enter a playoff series against the Nashville Predators. Now, you, Jason, as a resident of Colorado, playing for the Avalanche, where marijuana is legal, don't think twice about the fact that you're going to pack up a couple of doobies, throw them in your bag, and head to the airport to go play Nashville. Now, if I'm a police officer or a TSA agent at the Nashville airport, and I happen to know that this flight's coming in from Colorado, and I'm a big Aval- and I'm a big Predators fan. Maybe I decide that it's time to do some bag checks. Yeah, and see what see what's in there. So oh, I get it. it you know what I'm so, saying? Like yeah. there's there's too much of a gray area. I get like that's an outra- that's that's a somewhat outrageous scenario. But is it really? Like, and that's the problem. Like, I think until it is completely legal, the NHL has to at least from the marijuana side of things has or to even the, on this. Yeah. Or even the CBD side of it. Like I say, how long have I just bring any of these joints? You can sit there and bring the CBD oil. But we'll you have that in your bag. That's but, not legal. But I think the, from the CBD side, from, from my understanding, 
and I and I could be very wrong, and I apologize if I am. I, I'm not a weed or CBD or cannabis expert by any means. From what I understand, the CBD oil side of things doesn't really test you as a positive the way that marijuana does, mm. because it's it's essentially removing much of the hallucinogenic properties of the THC out of it, which yeah. is what it's testing for. Mm-hmm. So I, I think from that standpoint, you're more likely, you're more likely to be okay with the CBD oil than you would be rolling through the airport with pot. Oh, correct. I was saying like for like your scenario, if you're getting caught with something like CBD oil is technically illegal in some States too. Like is that a completely, sure. Yeah, sure. that's all I'm saying. So um, it's an interesting thing that they're going to have to, I like, if you're you're your guy who's tw- in his early 20s going to be a face of your organization for the next decade or so at least is saying you should at least look into it and is talking about it it yeah i think yes need to start looking into it cuz i mean yeah i think so I, I wouldn't be so i would not be surprised if it's on the next round of negotiations well i think at least the cbd oil will be i don't know i don't necessarily yeah. know if pot will be but i think cbd oil Correct. will be yeah, because that's that's more of the things like for use of joint pain and anxiety and some other stuff. And like some people who have uh, like uh, ADD, ADHD, I know use that to bring them focus and you know yeah. kind of make them a lot more calmer. Or, or like we talked about anxiety too. So um, yeah, so I thought it was an interesting article uh, to bring up. So I thought there was something. Uh, and let us know what your guys' thoughts are. You can tweet us. Uh, send us an email or Facebook, whatever. I'll put it on all our platforms. I just sent that out on Twitter it's about two seconds ago. And I'll go ahead and uh, put it on all the other platforms as well. So if you want to give us a shout, let us know what you think. I'd be uh, very interested to see what people think. Because I think it's definitely a generational thing right now. I, I think people, I would say and people mean your age, like in our 30s, uh, early, let's see, early, well, me, mid-30s. Chris, the later 30s, early 40s. Uh, I think people in that range, even in their 20s, I know, sorry, I'm just trying to the demographic, <laughs> trying to give you the demographic. But <laughs> I think I think people in that range, I think is more apt to be more open-minded about it and not Agreed. just say, as soon as you hear marijuana, you automatically think like gateway drug. Like that's that's yeah. the old kind of older generation and more conservative sure. generation. I think a lot more people our age and slightly younger are more uh, accepting and willing to look at least into it. Like I said, the CBD part of it really intrigues me um, for joint pain and stuff like that. Cause it's something that taking Tylenol ibuprofen, you're maybe healing yourself or making you feel okay for a while, but eventually going to wreck your kidneys and your liver over it. So it's something to at least look into it. So it's, it's very intriguing uh, for someone like at least myself. I know, I know you say your knees kill you just to us being bigger dudes. I know like my, I, you know, my, me of my ankles are just been shot pretty much. So oh yeah, I something, have, to, something, I, something to point where I can't, I, it's hard for me to skate now compared to when I used to play hockey all the time. It's really hard for me to play hockey now uh, skate wise. It's just because my ankles have just been such a wreck. It's really hard for me to skate for a, um, like even an hour skate is pretty hard on me for days afterwards. Right. So, uh, so that's why I really can't play anymore because it just kills me. So something like this is, I mean, I would like to do the research on it. I wouldn't mind looking into it just to, if it's something that would help me feel good on a regular basis. I wouldn't mind if it's a natural kind of thing. What's the harm? But I agree. So it's an interesting subject. So, uh, I think we'll be hearing more and more about this as uh, next uh, round of negotiations are up. And I think as time goes on, we'll hear more about this and not only as a sports medicine aspect of it. Also, I think as a society as a whole thing that we talked about. Agreed. So we'll wrap it up there. And if you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, it's blues hockey NHL. Chris is at, at Hossapalooza. And if you get a hold of us on Facebook, it's blues hockey podcast along with Instagram. Same thing. I believe those websites are still up right now. They were down last night, uh, the 313. We're recording on the 14th. Uh, Pi Day, St. Louis Day, whatever you want to call it. There's another uh, name for it, but we'll leave it alone. Correct. Uh, steak and something, something day. I had yeah, a steak at least. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I just, since you brought that, I literally forgot about the, that aspect of it today. I, I kept seeing Pi Day. I didn't see the other part of that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you want to 
know what the other day is, you can go ahead and Google it because we won't bring it up right now. So nope. other way to get hold of us, <laughs> email us and ask us that question at blues hockey podcast <laughs> at Gmail. Blue Hockey Podcast at gmail.com and our website, blueshockeypodcast.com and .net. That covers all our bases, except for where you can find us and listen to this great podcast. It is on Apple Podcasts, and they've changed the name. It's not Google Play anymore, apparently. Uh, Google Podcast is they kind of went off the Apple thing. I was I saw that today. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. And, of course, also on a website, like I talked about before, blueshockeypodcast.com.net. So, that's my little spiel. Hopefully, this team can turn it around. Uh, I like talking about wins. It's Me more too. Fun. It is it's way more, more fun. fun. It's more fun than bitching about who's supposed to be goalie. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's just very interesting. Like, we've had that. We're not going to get that subject again about how Twitter is, but it's just really funny on how some people just, like, blinders. It's like... He has played well. No, but look at the last three years. Look, at he's, he's going to be awful. Well, but he had a shutout last game. He's awful. Oh, whatever. It's fun. Good stuff. It is. So, wrapping up the season, man. We're about we're almost in the under the 10 game mark. Hopefully, this team can pull it uh, forward. He got about, what are we looking at? Three weeks? Three weeks mm-hmm. from now? So, uh, all right. We'll come to you next week, and we'll talk to you guys then. See ya.